edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect, the podcast that almost wasn't this week. Greetings, I'm your host, Andrew Halkrow. With me, as always, is Van Sanders. We had originally planned to take this week off. Van, why don't you hit us up with the intro you produced? To all of the listeners of With All Due Respect, we just want to say thank you so much for sticking with us and spreading the word about our show. We are taking a break from recording this week to do some knitting. We just didn't want to ghost you all and come back acting like nothing happened. So, thank you again so much, and come back next week for more politics, life, and entertainment. Okay, so, you know, best laid intentions and all that jazz, right? Needed to take the week off, needed to catch up on bandwidth, just needed the break. We've put out 40 shows in like 37 weeks. They are highly scripted. It takes time to put together and edit. So we just simply didn't have the capacity this week. However, life goes on. Nothing stops, right? Tuesday, the Alaska Redistricting Board took a historic yet unconstitutional step And we felt we needed to be here just even to throw in some brief words of wisdom, but more importantly, point to an overall pattern of behavior. And you know we've talked about that on this show consistently. So first off, let me get to the let me get to the important stuff. Let me get to the mice type, as we always do. As always, we'd like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their website and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you hear on this podcast are mine and mine alone and in no way, shape, or form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. A couple of things about this podcast. One, we have no script today. We have none. I have basic crude notes. That's what I'm working off of. We hadn't put no we we have put no production quality or value in this podcast other than just sharing thoughts. So you're gonna hear stammers, you're gonna hear stutters, you you might hear a, a repetitive speech. You're gonna hear it all. But in the next 15 minutes, I'm gonna show you and tell you the pattern of behavior that is alarming, that you need to pay attention to, that all Alaskans need to pay attention to. Now, before we get to my story, I want to talk about the great writing that's being done by guys like Dermot Cole and Matt Buxton. If you want the details, if you want the -the behind-the-scenes details, check out the writings by Dermot Cole and Matt Buxton. Those guys are all over this like a wet blanket. Now, back to our topic. Everything is relative, ladies and gentlemen, especially in politics. There is no random chance. There's no uncoordinated effort. There's no such thing. And with regards to redistricting the recent decision and when you look at the political players and some of the backstories, we need a history lesson. Van, hit us up with a history lesson, will ya? A history lesson. Last week, it was reported by Politico that former local pastor Jerry Prevo, who's now, like, I don't know, the president of Liberty University, was caught on tape secretly encouraging more religious groups to get involved in politics by basically saying, look, getting people is my goal. And then he boasted how he knew how to work around the firewall between church and state. 
And what I mean by firewall is Prevost 501c3 is prohibited by law from dabbling directly in politics, but you know damn well they do. I mean, for, for God's sakes, I mean, they, they all do. Look at the string of, of websites and media outlets that have been created in this city in the last seven, eight years. And not just look at the, the amount of media outlets and websites and blogs, but look at the high quality. Look at the professionalism that goes into it. That costs money. That takes time and money. I mean, look at the, the Alaska Watchmen, I mean, which is no more than a front for extreme arguments. I mean, just check out their website. The, the, the headlines will make you run and hide under the goddamn bed. All right. So, you know, the House of Prevo, as I like to call it, he's created all these offshoots, the Alaska Family Council, the Alaska Watchmen, the Alaska Policy Forum Council. They got all these people and they stick them in little places, right, where they can do the most damage, Now, again, the 501c3 charities are not supposed to participate directly in political campaigns, but as Prevo admitted when he was caught on tape, quote, for 30 years, I've known how to handle that and not get in trouble. Boy, that sounds Christian enough, doesn't it? Well, you know, considering the fact that this guy, Prevo, took over for Falwell Jr., who was having a little liaison with the pool boy and his wife, you know, these people aren't Christians. They're snake oil salesmen, and Prevo's been no different. Full disclosure, your host was unceremoniously expelled from Prevo's Anchorage Christian School when I was 16. And no, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't have anything to do with I was a Catholic boy in a Baptist school. had nothing to do with that. It had to do with I had three strikes when I walked in the door, I had a car, I had a -a 20-hour-a-week job, which meant I had cash in my pockets, and I liked girls. And those three things did not vibe well at a Christian school. But anyways, back to the backstory. Prevo has had a 40-year lock on the Alaska Republican Party. I mean, it's been unbreakable, but we've known that forever. Up until now, he has really set the playing field and determined the players for conservative politics in Alaska. The roots of power of the Alaska Republican Party have run through the lobby of the Anchorage Baptist Temple for decades. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but every election season they have like this Sunday where candidates can go and set up like tables. I remember getting the first invite. I think it was 1995 or six. I was running for the assembly and it's like, come to candidates day at the Anchorage Baptist Temple. And literally I was like, oh my God. Talk about money changers in the temple. They're literally inviting them in. But that was only to solidify like Prevo's position as as this political captain. So Prevo has set the table for conservative politics in Alaska by working around the firewall between church and state and basically controlling the Alaska State Republican Party apparatus. I mean, we get that. I mean, I was involved in party, party, party politics, you know. Sorry, I'm on my first cup of coffee. <laughs> Sorry. I switched to Sanka. Have a heart. So, I mean, you know, I was involved in party politics. I mean, these meetings are held in church basements and, you know, it's just, it's the extreme of the extreme of the extreme. But, you know, that only gets you so far. And this is where, you know, your partner comes in. Historically, the Republican Party has been, uh, always been, an uneasy alliance between business and conservatives. Since the only warriors show up in the primary, the extreme candidate always wins. I mean, look at the percentage of people that show up in the primary compared to the general. It's a fraction. So you get the most extreme candidates emerge from the closed primary, and then you have business just fall in line behind that extreme candidate because of this uneasy alliance between business and conservatives. And so in return for ignoring, let's say, their ideological extremism and basic incompetence, They get a lawmaker who in turn provides protection, who preaches about cutting government, no regulations, no taxes. Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you, I'm a Republican. 
I am a small, I grew up in a small business that constantly had to balance the, the needs of small business against the demands of big government. But you know, these are people who couldn't find their ass with both hands. And then you have groups like the Alaska State Chamber of Commerce falling all over themselves to give straight A grades to these lawmakers who have governed a state that's A, losing population, B, losing private economic investment, and C, losing all the time we need to fix all of the above. But traditionally, this formula has worked well, and it's really handcuffed Alaska into making changes and progress in those areas that, that, that need to be changed and, and progress needs to be made. But however, you know, things are changing. Last election, Alaskans adopted ranked choice voting. And the reality is we've lost population for eight consecutive years. And, and take Anchorage, for example. We have arguably turned more purple. And now with ranked choice voting, there is no more primary control. So folks like Prevo and their minions in the Alaska Republican Party are so much more desperate to maintain control. You can never forget that during the debate over ranked choice voting, Glenn Clary, who was in the chair of the Alaska Republican Party and Prevo's right-hand man for decades, commented about how ranked choice voting would end political parties as we know it. They are so afraid of losing power. But yet, even as a Republican, ladies and gentlemen, I have to point to the scoreboard and say these people have literally ruined this wonderful state of ours. We are so far behind with everything. So why is this happening? I mean, you know, you look at these structural things. Well, you know, the, the redistricting board, it's always a 10-year partisan battle. But it's more important today than ever. So why has this all come to a head now? Well, recent polling shows that Governor Mike Dunleavy, who beat former Governor Bill Walker by seven points just three years ago, considering the new ranked choice voting scheme, is losing by a point. That's why they're afraid. Because ranked choice voting does just that. It gives people choices. And so no longer are they you know, captains of the, of the industry, so to speak, with the Republican Party. They can no longer control those who come out of the primary and you know, are, are the most extreme of the extreme. With ranked choice voting, at the end of the day, the voters actually get the choice. So w when you can't change the rules, what do you do? You change the structure, right? You put people in places like the Alaska Redistricting Board that can change the structure. I mean, the, the, the recent redistricting farce is the latest way to keep control with really the changing demographics of Alaska. The whole attempt is to dilute the voting power of emerging voting blocks like in East Anchorage. And the theory is, you know, well, okay, well, you might lose the governorship, right? Because overall people are changing, but you'll keep the legislature by gerrymandering districts. One of the many challenges with this is nothing will get better when it needs to get better. Take, for instance, downtown Anchorage. One of downtown Anchorage's biggest challenges over the last few decades is it is chronically underfunded by the state. Have you ever walked downtown on 5th and 6th Avenues and seen the conditions of the sidewalks? Ladies and gentlemen, those are state-owned sidewalks, for God's sakes. Those are not city sidewalks. The, the state of Alaska puts nothing into downtown Anchorage. And now overnight, with these new maps approved, an Eagle River senator is going to represent a section of downtown. Eagle River is the antithesis of downtown, the exact opposite of downtown. If, if someone were to say to you, or, or to me, if someone were to ask me, Andrew, 
what would be the greatest differences in geographic locations? I mean, arguably Third Avenue and downtown Anchorage and Eagle River Loop Road in Eagle River are probably two of the most dramatic examples you could give, right? But due to these maps and the gerrymandering, now downtown Anchorage, who was already starved for state investment, is now going to be represented by a state senator who doesn't give a damn about them. So how is this possible? You know, it, it's all been made possible by the cast of characters that have thrived under the house that Prevo built. And by the way, pays no taxes on. Prevo, Clary, Dunleavy, Bronson, Markham, Minery, all connected. All threads of the same right-wing throw blankets seeking to return us to, you know, 13th century values. But the biggest surprise of the Alaska redistricting board fiasco was that of the chairman, John Binkley. I've known John for years. We campaigned together in 2006 when we ran for governor together. Man, I simply cannot understand his actions. I mean, this, this was a broad daylight heist of democracy. This wasn't some middle-of-the-night closed caucus nonsense. And Binkley was one of the few Republicans I still respect as a Republican. So why would he chair such a partisan Mickey Mouse outcome? Why would he try and basically silence the two minority members who had legitimate concerns? I mean, it's clear from all the writing and all of the testimony that went on the official record. He clearly heard the words of Bethany Markham, late of the Alaska family, whatever it is, council, forum, you know, another right-wing group. He clearly heard the words of her admitting to the gerrymandering. So why didn't he oppose the final plan? In fact, Markham's words were so blatant, they were played again and again to highlight the fact that she was readily admitting it was gerrymandering. Binkley heard that. He is the chair of the board that operates under clear statutory and constitutional guidelines, but yet he ignored them. He clearly understood Anchorage. So why didn't he oppose downtown Anchorage being represented by someone 15 miles away? He clearly understands the diversity of Alaska. So why the hell were the two Native women on the board treated so poorly when they objected? Basically, an attempt was to wipe their entire participation from the process off the books. Why would he go along with such a blatant farce that will clearly be ruled unconstitutional by the courts? Why? Why indeed? It's depressing as hell when you can no longer recognize Republicans who should know better. Ladies and gentlemen, three things. This will be challenged in court. This will be overturned just like 10 years ago. And taxpayers will be left with the bill for this political smash mouth. But ladies and gentlemen, here is the most important takeaway. This is why an independent judiciary is so critical. We've pointed out conservatives' attacks on Alaska's independent judiciary consistently over the last few months, including Dunleavy's refusal to appoint Supreme Court justices and appointing unqualified hecklers to judicial review boards. The bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, the brazen gerrymandering with the redistricting process conducted in broad daylight should once again drive home the importance of Alaska's independent judiciary. It should also drive home the point, ladies and gentlemen, that next year this state will elect a new governor. Leadership comes from the top. And what we've seen from the top is a corrupt and unconstitutional redistricting process. (laughs) 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is the music, and you know what that means. Our time is done. We look forward to next Thursday when we return with a full show. Lots of good stuff coming up next Thursday. Van, throw us your website details. Yeah, go ahead and visit abodabobrand.com if you'd like to connect with me and see a little bit of my work. That's A-B-O-D-A-B-O-B-R-A-N-D.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. 